in a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! You know what time it is. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic. July. Hope you all enjoyed your 4th of July weekend. Mitch, did you enjoy your 4th of July weekend, my friend? Hi? No, no. Oh. No. No. Well, damn. Just I- kidding. <laughs> I got to spin it with the coolest dude I know, Dallin Graff, came out here to uh, his old stomping grounds here in Northern California. Chico is hot as balls. We played around at golf. We did. The first day, we, we hung out. It was a good time, man. Caught some rays. It was a good yeah. time. Yeah, you know, it. Uh, I've, I feel sorry for you that I'm the coolest guy you know, but hey, I, <laughs> I appreciate well, I appreciate you know, the compliment. Uh, you're yes. definitely up there. You're definitely up there. Yes, so. we, we, had a, uh, we had a great time, uh, and uh, now here we are on this. Uh, we're recording this Wednesday, July 7th. Uh, as we get back into the swing of things. And so, Mitch, uh, we have in store today, uh, we've got quite a bit. We're going to talk about the NBA Finals. Game one last night between the Suns and the Bucks. We'll be covering that. A bit of news this week uh, that we'll be covering. And then as well, the second part of the NFL jersey tier list. This time we'll be covering the AFC. And, uh, I like just putting it together. I got so excited again. This, that was so much fun to do the NFC teams. Uh, I'm very excited to have this conversation about the AFC jerseys. Yeah. A little bit more tough. Uh, I think this time around, um, I, I, to be quite honest, a little bit less creativity. I felt really in the AFC jerseys. Oh. Yeah. But a little not so much a bad, okay. but not so much a bad thing. And I will leave it at that. That's not a knock against you in this tier list for me. So wow, um, what a great will, uh, like attention grabber, Mitch. Now I'm thinking about your list already, <laughs> and we're and that's that's second half of the pod, ladies and gentlemen. So you got to stick around for the whole for the whole rest of this to get there uh, before we uh, we have that conversation. But uh, Mitch, I I do want to just make a public service announcement before we get going. If you saw me and Dallin's latest TikTok, no, the beer posters are not for sale. <laughs> um, they're they're not for sale. If the price is right, maybe, but we'll. Uh, <laughs> the price would have to be high. That's and who sure. wants to hang our ugly mugs That's up sure. on the wall? No, you know, that was, so. uh, you know the the TikTok's fun. The TikTok's fun. You yes, know, we got to uh, we we got to try to jump on some of the trends. You know. We yeah. got it. We're 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 clout chasing. We are, you know, we're trying to we're trying to blow up on the talk, you know. 
Shout we'll out Heather for the, uh, for the camera work. There. Yes, shout so. out Heather. Well, she, fantastic photographer. I mean, she fantastic had us in portrait mode. I was like, oh, yeah, she knows, oh, yeah. She knows what she's she knew doing. What she, was doing. <laughs> she knew what she was doing. And yeah. Mitch and I do not, as far as that no. goes. Absolutely. No, we do not. Yeah, no, we're not, uh, <laughs> we're not hip to that. All right, uh, Mitch, let's, uh, let's start this thing off the way that we do almost every podcast, my friend. Oh, we're getting into the news? Yep. All right. Let's get into the news. All right. Tame Mitch Dodd this time around. Yeah, that was nice. Tame. That was nice. Yeah. It's all, you know, sometimes you got to have a balance, right? I caught a lot of vitamin D over the last few days. So a lot I'm of a, vitamin a D. Little, a lot of vitamin D. I'm a little... Uh, little roasted so yes yeah a little a little bit uh we you you and i both my friend uh yeah uh, enjoyed the sun this weekend that's for sure okay mitch uh where where do we begin uh this week let's start with the mlb let's go to mlb all-star game coming up uh i believe next week is the all-star game so uh, all-star games ballots are finalized home run derby participants are finalized um i could see my boy matt olson participate in both of those um i mean both rosters obviously it's hard to miss on an all-star game in baseball because i think that you know it's very clear who's the best at their position at the halfway point of the year but there are definitely some people that get snubbed out of this. Some people that get in where you're like, well, obviously they got in because of the name that they are or because of they do one thing. Um, so we just want to have a quick conversation about these rosters really quick, uh, who we think got snubbed, who we shouldn't have thought got in. Um, Dallin, I'll let you take the reins on this first one because I know that you and I both have homer picks here for snubs. Um, but I'm going to let you uh, lead us the way in the NL to start. Great. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. Um, we are both uh, going to mention players from our teams that felt uh, like they should have got on. And, obvi- like, I'm not going to complain about the Dodgers situation. They had multiple uh, multiple all-stars, you know. Uh, Max Muncy, Chris Taylor, uh, Mookie Betts. Am I right there, right? Mookie Betts did get in, yeah. Right. So those are the three. Uh, but no... No Dodger pitchers. And uh, this is the first time since 2008 that a Dodger pitcher hasn't made the, the All-Stars, uh, the All-Star game, which is pretty surprising. That's that's quite the streak. I mean, credit a lot of that to Clayton Kershaw just by himself. Uh, but there was one guy in particular from the Dodgers staff that I felt like uh, got snubbed, that if there was a pitcher that should have made it, uh, that it would have been the guy, and that's Walker Bueller, uh, who has just been fantastic. He was great last year and continues to be this uh, year. He's 8-1 and one, uh, this season, 2.49 ERA. Uh, he's pitching really, really well for, for a team that is playing really, really well and is one of the best teams uh, in the major leagues and, and obviously in uh, the NL specifically. So it is surprising to me, Mitch, that an NL pitcher, like, like a Dodger pitcher, didn't make it in. Typically... The Dodgers, that L.A. bias helps them out in these sort of cases. 
Uh, not this year. Not that I'm like super bitter about this, but you know, I feel like if there's, uh, you know, I feel like Bueller's definitely a guy you can make a case should have been in. Yeah, I mean, at two four nine ERA, he's struck out 107 guys, so he's on pace for over 200 strikeouts. Um, he's an exciting young guy to get in. Um, I mean, completely understandable. And when you look at the guys that that got in over him, um, it's it's hard to argue any of them that shouldn't be in. And that's, um, I mean, it's very deep, and that's that's why a guy like Bueller didn't make it. You know. Yeah, I mean, you look at guys like Corbin Burns. Like, yeah, you're not going to leave that guy out. The guy's Darvish, pitching out of his mind. You know, I, mean, I don't think I don't think Corbin Burns walked a guy in like his first nine starts or something like that. It was an, it was an insane run that he had. Right. You Darvish, Jacob Degrom is right now should be winning Cy Young and MVP in the NL um, with his incredible start. Oh six nine ERA, I believe right. was the last time I checked. Um, he's knocked in almost as many runs at the plate as he is allowed on the mound. I mean, this guy is, I mean, he's having a, a historic season. And obviously we've seen an equally as historic season on the other side in Shohei Otani uh, in the AO for the Angels. So it, it's hard, like we said, it's, it's, a hard, it's hard to leave guys out um, because, of, because it's, it's very clear who is at the top of their position come the All-Star break. So, yeah, I mean, just at this point of the season, it's, it's really easy to tell who's the best at their position you know, come the all-star break. It's, it's really, it's really hard to keep anyone that made this all-star team off the list. Yeah. And I think that's like, that's the thing with Bueller. Like, I mean, like I said, no Dodger pitcher. I'm like, "Eh, I don't feel great about that, but it's not like there's uh, like you said, a guy that just clearly needs to be off of uh, off of the roster. But you also had an NL pitcher that you wanted to mention. Uh, another snub that, and, and this one a little more surprising than Walker Bueller, I'd say. Yeah, uh, Mad Max, Max Scherzer. I mean, starting pitcher in Nationals. I mean, this guy. I mean, the NL pitching this year is just so deep that it, it's hard to it's hard to pick everyone. You can't pick everyone. You can't have everyone on the team at the same time. And Max Scherzer, I feel like, was just a snub. And again, I don't know who you take off that list, but Mad Max should be on there. Um, this would have been his eighth straight year selected to a to an All-Star game. Um, right now, he's in the middle of his fifth season where he's averaging more than 12 strikeouts per nine innings. Um, he's got his walk rate down uh, to two walks, to an even two walks per nine, uh, the third lowest in his career. Um I mean, hard hard to rack up the Cy Young stuff when you have a Cy Young argument when you guys have guys like Jacob Degrom in the same league as you. But he, you know, he's sporting a two point one zero ERA. That would be his lowest of his career. Um, In the thirty eight year old man, he just deserves to get, or the almost thirty eight year old, just deserves to um, be on this All Star team again. I mean, when you're posting career numbers. And you're still at the top of the game as far as being a pitcher. It it should be really difficult to leave someone off the list like that. Yeah, no doubt. And again, it just is a credit to the depth of talent, uh, the starting posi- pitching position this year in the NL. Uh, so many deserving names. Uh, surprising though to see those two names left out, Mitch. Uh, in the AL though, uh, we had a couple of names we wanted to mention. You had a player, a snub uh, from your Oakland A's. Who's that guy? Uh, that would be Chris Bassett, and it might be a name that you not is not going to be a household name. It's not going to be a guy that you hear the name and you go, "Oh yeah, starting pitcher, Oakland Athletics." Uh, you're going to have to do a little deep diving. But this guy has thrown an incredibly 
solid season. Through 17 starts, he only has four where he's allowed two runs or more to cross the plate. Um, he's striking out bet- batters at a career best uh, 25.2% clip. Um, he's only walking batters at a 2.6% uh, level right now, uh, holding batters to just a 210 batting average. He's got a 3.04 ERA. Um, he's got a 3.15 FIP, which is basically a fielding a fielding efficiency measure for pitchers, which is one of the tops in the game. Um, this is, I mean, it, again, career career numbers, but happen to be in a in a in a year where you're pitching against. Um, some career number guys. And I think Shohei Otani, as much as I think he deserves to be the AL MVP right now, I mean, if the MLB did it an across-the-board MVP, he would beat that right now. Right. And it's hard to leave him off um, or designate him to just being a designated hitter. Uh, he's also pitching exceptionally well. So you have to put him on the mound as well. Um, so I understand why he got out. I just wish maybe – I think if there might have been a call for me to say, hey, take this guy off and put this guy on, it would designate Shohei Otani as the hitter and have Chris Bassett be uh, one of the pitching options um, for the all-star team. And I don't think actually Shohei Otani is on there as a pitcher now that I think about it. But the, yeah, you know, I that's, think they just... ended up replacing him. But I look at a guy like – so, and, and I think this is a great case uh, with Bassett and the AL specifically of uh, the MLB, for those who might not know, uh, they make sure a player from every team is represented on the all-star rosters. So you will have cases where better players – are left off because a certain franchise has to get get somebody on. And in this case, like I look at a guy in the AL, Yose Kikuchi from the oh, Seattle yeah, Mariners. The Mariners. He's having a nice season. He's like six and threes, ERA in the threes. Like he's not bad, but does he make the All Star team if he's not the Mariners selection? Like the you know if he if they don't have to put a Seattle Mariner on. You know, is he off and, and a guy like Bassett gets on? So uh, that is something to, like, sort of keep in mind, you know. Well, and, and just to kind of lead into your next guy, um, the NL is only carrying four relieving pit, relief pitchers. The AL is carrying five. Why couldn't they take one of these relief pitchers off and and add Chris Bassett as the extra starting pitcher and have him throw an inning in the middle of the game, you know? Right, no doubt, no doubt, and I uh, let's let's talk about that guy then, because the one, uh, you know, all things considered, like you said very well, it's pretty clear at this point, usually uh, in the season, who what guys deserve to be on the All Star team and not, and there's usually not too many egregious picks. Uh, there was definitely one here in Aroldis Chapman, uh, who was a player vote, by the way, so his peers voted him on there. Guess that's just respect for him as a player, which. I mean, I'm not going to argue with the players in their own all-star game, but, like, dude's got a 4-5 ERA. Uh, he only has 16 saves. Like, it's not like he has done anything noteworthy. Clearly not all-star worthy. Uh, but, you know, a veteran guy who gets voted in uh, by his peers, like, I guess it is what it is. But that one was just kind of wild to me. I mean, it's it's... To me, it, it it's getting it's getting one of your biggest showpieces in. Like I think most every baseball fan knows who a Rollis Chapman is. Right. I mean, he's the guy that throws 104 miles an hour. 
You got to get the guy that does that. Casual baseball fans can name like any relief pitcher pitchers. You right. Know? Like you got to get the guy that throws 104 miles an hour in the in the you know the showcase game of the year. You know I get that, but the numbers don't support that. And and you're stubbing guys of all star opportunities. And maybe this that's maybe that's their big step onto the big stage. Guys like Chris Bassett. Um, you know, maybe that's their one step that they need to get out there and have them be a name that's known. And you give it to a guy that everyone already knows. He just happens to throw 104 miles an hour. And he's not pitching exceptionally well. Um, it's, it, it, it's a little disappointing. And I, but, you know, I, I get it. I get it. But, you know, I, I just saw this news article pop up today. Shohei Otani passed Hideki Matsui for the most home runs hit by a Japanese-born player today. So I just wanted to point that out really quick while we're talking like about All-Stars. in a season? Mm-hmm. So he hit his 32nd today, which passed Masui, who had a career high of 31 in the season. So Wow. That uh, is... Hasn't he just been special this year? It's been incredible. He's the definitive MVP, right? Oh, no, I mean, there's no doubt. And, and you said it before. If there was a combined, if it was like, you know, the NBA and there's one MVP, I mean, it's, it's Shohei Otani. And there's no doubt in my mind, despite how good DeGrom has been, and that's, you know, no disrespect to him, but, I mean, Otani has been the story of the season. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. I mean, it, it's turn on the TV and see what he did today. You right. know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean he's had ten ga- he's had ten game stretches where he he hits eight home runs and then he has two outings where he throws six and holds you know two earned strikes out strikes out six. I mean great showings on the mound as well. I mean this guy is just incredible. He did. I I do want to make a quick correction before we move on about the last pod where I said even Babe Ruth didn't do these types of numbers. He did. He hit twenty nine home runs with the Red Sox before the All Star break. Um, in 1918, while he was still a pitcher, um, oh. Otani passed that, so he broke that record too. So um, there you go. So now so, he has. Now, so now he's he, in his own air. <laughs> I mean, now he is in his own air. He it is only took a week. Tier. Look at that. Yeah, look at that. How about that? <laughs> For him to prove you're right, I love it. Uh, well, that's it. That's it. I think other than that, uh, we were pretty happy with the uh, MLB All Stars and that. And as Mitch mentioned, uh, next week, next Tuesday, the 12th, uh, I believe, is the. Uh, as the All Star Game, the eleventh, uh, that Monday is the uh, Home Run Derby. So, uh, Mitch, let's talk about uh, some college sports news, uh, and this is a big one: name, image, likeness. The era of name, image, likeness has officially begun in college sports. As of July first, uh, the NCAA opened up the opportunity for all of their athletes to make money off of their self and their talents. Uh, and we've already seen some interesting uh, sort of things come out of this uh, one. I, I don't remember the team and I was trying to look it up. Couldn't find it. My, my gut says like Notre Dame somewhere in the, uh, in that region of the United States, uh, an entire offensive line has been sponsored by, it was like some sort of restaurant which I loved that they just sponsored the entire O-line. I was like, that's great. Uh, a star, a guy who will be selected high in the NFL draft uh, next year, Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, the edge rusher from the Oregon Ducks, signed a NFT deal uh, with Phil Knight from Nike. NFT, non-fungible token, the sort of uh, 
if you don't really know what it is, the, the sort of like digital art piece that that lasts forever that you can now purchase has really sort of come into prominence last year or so. Uh, he signed a big deal uh, for them with, with in regards to that. And this is just the beginning, Mitch. We're just a week into the NIL era in college sports and players are going to be able to take advantage of this. We're already seeing it and it's exciting. It's the right thing. The very least... Like, I'm not for salaries for college athletes, but at the very least, we need to be able to have them earn money off of their selves and their talent, their image, their abilities, you know, their notoriety, their popularity. Uh, It just, you know, it makes too much sense and it's long past due. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I'm all for this. like, Like I said, make it very clear. You and I both are not for college athletes making salaries. They're not going to make something, you know, every year. But they're going to make something off their name, image, likeness. Um, Barstool Sports has been another one that stepped up and is starting to sponsor athletes. Um, they're obviously, you know, big into the gambling side of sports um, and a big college sports media that covers a lot of college sports. So they've, they've been a big proponent of this. Um, this just has the feeling of college NFTs are going to go off the hook now. Like collegiate yeah. NFTs are going to go off the hook, and that's going to be a big, um, a big thing, kind of like NBA Top Shot has been. Um, I and with as popular as college sports is, especially in the basketball and football um, realms. Um, I'm just excited. NCAA football might come back. Yes. I, it might come back for PlayStation, and I and that makes like this was like the one big thing that was holding it back was like okay, name, image, likeness. How are they going to be compensated for this? And now all EA Sports has to do is go, yeah, we're willing to pay this, and we're going to make NCAA football game because you know they're going to make money hand over fist, even paying these college athletes for their name, image, and likeness. So let's just get the thing done, and just start paying these players for you putting them into their video into your video games. Bring NCAA football back. That's all I want. That's all I want. Happy for the athletes, but that's what I want out of this. Yeah, and this has obviously opened the door for that. Uh, It's likely it'll be a couple years till we actually see a game. Uh, Right. But, I mean, that is exciting. And, you know, glad that not only can we have this game back, but players will be compensated for being in the game, as they should. You know, just like the NFL players get compensated for being in Madden. These guys, if you're going to be able to sell a $60 video game, they should be able to Get a portion of that if they're in it. So and like, uh, like, exciting for, all the way around. And for those that don't know, like when you're playing NCAA football 2005, it wasn't like they were using the name Bush for Reggie Bush. Right. Right. They were using halfback number five. But we <laughs> exactly. all knew exactly who that was. Yeah. So, you know, it, that's the thing that they're, that they're using. And, they, you know, they make the avatars look just like them and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it, it's time. It's time that they do this, and and I'm excited for college athletes. I think this is going to make college sports even better. I think this is going to make college sports better when you can uh, when they can promote products and and be compensated for promoting products. Right, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's uh, it's a great move and and long overdue. Should have been done long time ago, but uh, we will continue to see uh, what sort of cool things come out of this, uh, Mitch. Final bit of news here. We want to talk about the NBA draft lottery, which occurred last week. The Detroit Pistons earned the number one pick in the NBA draft. 
uh, coming up here in a few months. Uh, they were one of three teams with the most odds, 14% odds uh, to get that pick. Uh, one of those teams, one of the other teams that have those odds, the Orlando Magic, ended up uh, all the way back with the fifth pick. And the Houston Rockets, who had the worst record in the league this year in the in uh, was in that number one position, ended up with the second pick. Uh, Mitch, the Cleveland Cavs moved up all the way from five into the top three, uh, and the Raptors moved all the way up into the top four. They had the seventh best odds. So quite a bit of movement there. Not as big as the leap we saw the Pelicans take a couple years ago when they jumped all the way up to number one to be able to draft Zion Williamson. Uh, And similarly as that year, there is sort of a consensus number one guy. It seems to be leaning towards Cade Cunningham, the guard out of Oklahoma State. Uh, was a big-time high school recruit, uh, expected to be up here in this draft before uh, his college career one and done there with the Cowboys. And now uh, he's going to be uh, likely selected by the Detroit Pistons here. Uh, What did you think of the way the draft order played out? Very interesting. Like you said, a lot of movement. Um, You know, the Raptors moving up, the Cavs moving up, the Rockets. Um, having the best odds and, and still not even getting the best, uh, getting that number one overall pick. Um, you know, there, there's four guys here that seem to be um, most likely to go in the top four. That's Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, um, who is the center out of, out of USC, Jalen Green, uh, the guard wing player out of the G League, Ignite. Yes. Um, and then the uh, Jalen Suggs, the guard out of Gonzaga. Um, it, uh, I mean, of the four, I think I saw Jalen Suggs play more just because it's Gonzaga. It's the big, it's the big time uh, team that's always going to be on TV. So you see him more of him. Um, it, you know, it. I think consensus shows right now it's going to be Cade Cunningham going to the Pistons, and that's a, that's a solid young core. Song get core that the Pistons have right now. With you know, if they draft Cade Cunningham, they have Killian Hayes, they have Sadiq Bay, they have. Isaiah Stewart, Stewart uh, Jeremy Grant was not, was the big name out of, the, out of that young group, um, and then the new head, you know, the new head coach Dwayne Casey. Um, you know, th- this is good. This is going to be a great pick for them if they go ahead and go with Cade Cunningham. Um, lots of movement in the draft. Um, the Warriors again sneaking their way into the top ten. I think the Warriors will come back healthier this next coming year. They have that top ten pick now. Um, be coming back healthier with uh, the re-addition of Clay Thompson. Um, so maybe their ri- re-rise again to prominence. So uh, a lot of interesting stuff happening in this, in this lottery. And uh, as we get closer to the draft, night, I'm sure we'll start talking about where we think guys will go. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, Warriors are an interesting team in this, as you mentioned. Uh, they do end up with the seventh pick, which they got from Minnesota. That's the D'Angelo Russell trade. Uh, and then they still own their own 14th pick. So, you know, I think the big question is going to be, do they hold on to those picks? Do they look to flip those assets for a player uh, to maximize the window that they have now? James Wiseman, 
didn't have, you know, a fantastic rookie season. How are they still feeling about him? What's the future of Andrew Wiggins? Things could be changing around that core, as you mentioned, uh, and they'll definitely be an interesting team to watch. Another one, too, Mitch, with two two picks in the top eight. That's the Orlando Magic, their own fifth pick, and the Chicago Bulls' eighth selection. So Orlando's going to have two top eight picks. Oklahoma City has three picks in the top 18. Uh, We know the Thunder have just been accruing first-round picks. They'll have the sixth, 16th, and 18th uh, selections as well. So uh, interesting to see how this plays out. You know, as you mentioned, the the four guys at the top – for those who haven't really gotten into the NBA draft this season and the in the prospects available, uh, you know, Mitch listed the guys, Cade Cunningham, the guard, uh, Jalen Green, who played with G League and Knight, uh, is just a scoring-type wing. Uh, and, you know, the fit there, it's going to depend on what team, you know, what the Rockets are looking for there. Uh, they pretty much have needs everywhere. That could definitely be a, a, an option for them. You would think Evan Mobley as a big man fits well uh, with the Cavs because they've drafted so many guards in the last few seasons. Colin Sexton, uh, Darius Garland, uh, to name a few. Uh, and then Jalen Suggs, who I saw BYU played Gonzaga three times this season. Jalen Suggs is a bulldog. He's uh, he is very impressive, and I would not be surprised if he turns out to be the best of these four players, uh, even though he will likely be the last one selected because he doesn't have the high ceiling as these guys have with their sort of skill sets, but he has a very high floor. At the very worst, he's going to be a productive uh, offensive player who could get to the rim, facilitate for others, and a stalwart defender who's disruptive, who's pesky on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, You know, if Toronto, if he does end up going four and he gets paired up there with Fred Van Vliet, that is uh, a tenacious uh, backcourt there for the Raptors, and I would be a big fan of that. So Suggs, I'm a very big fan of. Uh, and, uh, again, it'll be interesting to see what, uh, order those four players, uh, end up getting drafted. Absolutely. Is there anyone that you think might sneak into the top four if someone falls out? Uh, you know, I think, uh, based on where things are rolling right now, I, you know, the fifth player there is one of either Jonathan Kaminga, uh, Jalen Green's teammate with G League Ignite. He's a six, eight, uh, wing player, uh, doesn't have uh, great shooting. That's that's going to sort of limit him there. If he proved he could be a shooter, he could probably be up in that tier with the with the first four guys. But got a great size, athleticism, uh, so he's an intriguing prospect. And in the same sort of realm there, Scotty Barnes, the forward from Florida State, uh, he's another one. He's got a he's got a great handle for the ball. Uh, great facilitator can defend uh, multiple positions. Six seven. Uh, 225, great size there, but they show limitations as far as the shooting uh, and scoring aspect, and that's why they won't really reach that top tier. But uh, if anyone falls in love with the the sort of size and athletic profile there and wants to take a shot on one of those guys over a Jalen Suggs or over over a Mobley, uh, depending on fits, uh, I guess that those are probably the names, uh, at least right now, that, that uh, would be most likely. All right. 
So, uh, Mitch, uh, let's uh, let's get uh, out of the news here. Uh, and before we jump into the NBA Finals, uh, you have a uh, an addition to the pit of misery. Yeah. So uh, last week we we were gracious and we took some people out. Right. We did. You did, and, and it was I, a great call by you. And you know what? They deserve to be out. Right. So Mitchell Trubisky got let out. New beginnings over in Buffalo. Let him out. Um, Joey Sly, I think he missed one cake. You got pissed off, put him in there for like two years. Uh, it was time for him to let him out. Uh, and then, uh, uh, honestly, this might be my worst addition to the pit of misery of all time, and I can't believe that I did this. But I put Grace Community Church, uh, which was a softball team I played in there. Um, they deserve to be out as well. Um, they didn't even deserve to be in there. I was just uh, – <laughs> Feeling some sort of way, I guess, that evening. But, um, yeah, we're going to put Patrick Beverly in the pit of misery. Um, because he's a big old bitch is what it is, pretty much. Um, that, you know, multiple times that get, that series, he trolled Chris Paul. And I understand that Chris Paul is one of those trash talkers. That uh, he's very good at trash talking. It's... It, you, to the general public, it may never seem malicious. He's never been, f- like, super physical. You know, it's always been just kind of chirping, chirping. And I've always liked Chris Paul. And I've always I've always liked the art of, of trash talking. Um, but Pat Beverly took it to a different level with Chris Paul this series. First of all, he undercut him in, what was that, game three or four? Right. It, he undercut him and then tried to play it off as if he flopped and then mimicked his falling back. All right. Now you're an asshole. Now you're an asshole for undercutting a guy and then making it seem like as if it were his fault. All right. Strike one strikes two and three came on the cheap shot in game seven. As you're losing, you're on your way out of the season on your way out. Chris Paul, it doesn't even appear that he says anything to him. And we don't know that for sure because we weren't down there. We couldn't hear him. But it sure didn't look like he said anything to him. Then turns around and just cheap shots him behind the back. Um, I mean, quite honestly, could it could have ruined a finals run for Chris Paul because he's selfish and he's a baby back bitch. So put Patrick Beverly in here um, and... His sentence is indefinite. We, we don't know when he's going to be out for an indefinite amount of time. We don't know exactly when he'll be out of the pit of misery, but man, what, what a bitch move by Patrick Beverly. Really bad look. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. <laughs> you know, it's uh Pat Beverly has always been this way. Right. And, uh, but this was, make it this, any was better. this was this was this was a step too far. Obviously, to the two hand shove in the back in that game six elimination game, and it's just it's just one of those. It's just so unnecessary. The game was already over. Uh, guys walking away from you, like l- listen. Like it, if like- you wanted, if you want to shove a guy in the chest because he's talking his shit, because and you're frustrated, like you know whatever that happens. You know tensions are high. What like that's one thing, but as he's walking away, you know, a 
full two-hand shove in the back uh, to get yourself suspended for a game to start next season. It's just... We just don't need it. It's well, just and it dumb. Was ma- it, it had malice dumb. behind it. It was malicious. It had malice behind it. And look, if he if he just wanted to walk off the court at the end of the game and not shake anyone's hand, and, and it's still a bitch move. But I'm better. I'm a, I'm better with that than what he did to Chris Paul. You know, shoving him in the back. I'm better. I'm better with him just walking off the court, not shaking any hands. I'm gonna be like, yeah, that's not very sportsmanlike. You're a bitch. Rather than just blindsided dude that outplayed you scorched you and you're frustrated about it and he was talking and he was talking he was talking shit to you that the entire game but yeah. you can't handle that have it's a thicker just, skin I, always, you gotta have thick skin to play it, professional sports and it's always it's always the ones who talk this shit but then they can't take it and that was pat beverly in this series and, and at the end of the in and in that game you know and he, and that's uh, the, he is he, the guy he, who's always talking shit and he's always in your ear and he's always being a pest and that's his exactly. and again like there's a place for that in the league like i you know you hate those sort of players when you have to play against them but when your team has a guy like a pat bev uh at his prime who could do that you know that sort of pesky who can just really get under a team's skin like that's so valuable and you love that guy this was just a step too far, and you've got to be able to take it if you're Pat Bev. So enjoy the pit of misery, you know. Uh, you're down there with a, with a few guys that aren't going anywhere. Uh, so, you know, better uh, get comfy, and uh, we'll talk to you in a couple years, right? Yeah, he's he's down there with COVID-19, Rob Manfred, uh, the guy that gave Dion Waiters the edibles. Like, he's down there with those guys. <laughs> so... He's down there with those guys. <laughs> They're not going anywhere. No. Uh, Mitch, let's uh, let's continue to talk about Chris Paul and his amazing play. Fantastic in Game Six, and he was again fantastic in Game One of the NBA Finals. Phoenix hosting the Bucks last night in Game One, and they got it done. One eighteen to one oh five for the Phoenix Suns, who have. Uh, Won that first home game, a big, a huge game, a huge game. You could feel the crowd. Crowd had a presence in it, uh, as they have in uh, in this playoffs. That Phoenix crowd has really just been uh, top notch. And as I mentioned, Chris Paul, another fantastic game. Thirty two points, nine assists, uh, twelve of nineteen from the field for Chris Paul. So great, uh, great night shooting the ball. DeAndre Ayton coming up clutch, almost twenty and twenty game. 22 points, 19 boards. Booker contributing 27 on what was uh, honestly just a tough shooting night for him. Uh, And a great team win. Uh, And a great start to the series if you're the Phoenix Suns. You can't, in your first NBA Finals since 93 or 94, whenever it was, you can't go out there and lay an egg in Game 1 at home. Gotta go, gotta, gotta get that home dub taken care of and that's exactly what the phoenix suns did uh great start to the series for them i mean contributions all around like you said paul Aiton, booker um michael bridges had a good game yeah mikhail um, bridges 14 points as a, in the starting lineup he was great cameron the, the two cameron's johnson and Payne, good games off the bench um you know tory craig was a good facilitator um, you know, just a, a good team win, like you said. Um, the Phoenix Suns fan base right now is on fire, no pun intended. Um, they're on fire for the Suns, and yeah. uh, it, it, it's it's a it's a cool feeling to see a fan base so fired up, especially post uh, COVID restrictions where we didn't have fans 
in the stands for so long. And now you see a fan base so fired up, packed crowd. Um, you know, just a, a, a great team win for the Suns. As far as the Bucks go, um, I don't think there was really anything that they did wrong. Just the Suns outplayed them. The Suns just outplayed them. Uh, Chris Middleton was their big numbers out, you know, their big minutes guy last game. He almost paid 45 minutes. Um, you know, contributions from Pat Connaughton, um, PJ Tucker, Brooke Lopez, outside of the big three of Middleton, Holiday, and Antetokounmpo. Um, yeah, I, they just got outplayed. And sometimes you just, so, there are some nights where you, you just aren't as good as the other team on the floor. And I think last night the Sun, or I think, well, two nights was, no, it was last night. Last night, um, the Suns just, they had their number. And great team win by the Suns. Yeah, I think, you know, I, a big difference in this game uh, was the free throw numbers. Uh, Suns 25 of 26 from the free throw line, 96%, but 26 attempts, big number. Milwaukee only 16 attempts, 10 less free throw attempts in the game, and only made nine of them. Nine of 16, 56%. Uh, most of that, Giannis, who was 7 of 12, uh, down the stretch, you know, couldn't make both free throws, only only getting getting one out of two. Uh, and that, you know, you look at that difference there, difference of uh, 16 free throws in the final score, Mitch, a difference of 13 points. So, uh, you know, needs to be corrected for the Bucks if you're going to get to the free throw line. Got to make those shots. Uh, Suns did a good job of getting those free points. And the Bucks kept themselves in the game with three-point shooting. 44% on the night for Milwaukee. 16 threes in all, led by Chris Middleton, who was 5 of 12. He had a great night scoring. Has to take on the scoring load. Giannis did play in game one. After the hyperextended knee just a week ago, he was doubtful going into the game. Warmed up, decided to play, uh, and he played 35 minutes. Uh, you know, that's that's that was a pretty big load, 20.17 rebounds. I thought he was good considering coming off that injury. Uh, and I think if you're the Bucks, oh, yeah. I think you feel okay about this loss. It's pretty clear that you were, you know, hanging around with this team. You could you could be there with a few other things. You know, your three-point shooting kept you in the game. Got to get the free throws under control. Uh, Got to get your star a little healthier and more from your secondary star right now, Drew Holiday, who is only 4 14, 0 for 4 from 3. So need more from Drew Holiday. But Bucks are in a good spot still. You steal game two on Thursday night. You go back to Milwaukee with home court advantage. So Milwaukee, you know, after one game, not in a bad spot. Got to make sure Giannis is healthy, playing well, uh, and just got to get more uh, from guys like Drew Holiday. Yeah, I think for me, now that I'm looking at the numbers here and, and everything, the, the big thing for me was the defensive efficiency. Um, I, and I know it's hard to do that against an offense that's so prolific like the Suns. But no one of their starting five was in the positive range as far as plus minus goes when they're on the court. Except for Giannis, and he was plus one. Everyone right. else was minus eleven or worse. So you have you have to play better defense. And like I said, the Suns are so prolific offensively. That's tough to do. But the the defense has to ramp up. You have to knock down the gimmies, which are the free throws. Um, and it, you know, Giannis suiting up was a bit was a big thing. I mean, this thing is probably a blowout if Giannis doesn't play. Right. Um, twenty yeah. points. No, twenty point. points. Seventeen boards. So. Um, you know, 
they they held their own. I, I'm not worried if I'm Milwaukee or Milwaukee's fans. I'm not worried about it. Um, it was just a a game where the defense was, you know. It, it got out, you know, wasn't quite there, and you let an offense, a, a prolific offensive team like the Suns, take advantage of that. Yeah, you know, got to got to keep it close in game two. If you're Milwaukee, give yourself a shot at the end of the game uh, to, you know, give yourself a shot to win it at the end of the game to be within a couple baskets or have a couple basket lead. Uh, you know, you mentioned a Phoenix fan base that's been riled up and excited. Milwaukee has the same that, you know, the showing the games outside on the plaza, uh, even at this road game in Phoenix, that plaza was packed with fans in the pavilion there. Uh, and when they go back to Milwaukee, that'll be a tough environment for those Phoenix Suns to play in on the road. So stark contrast from last year in the bubble with the Heat and the Lakers. Uh, this is much more like it. <laughs> this is uh, this feels this like is, this feels right. Yes, yeah, right. this this is where we want to be. Uh, and an exciting series ahead that we'll continue t- uh, to cover here uh, as it goes, Mitch. It's time for a break. Uh, Let's hit a mid-roll. And when we come back, time for our NFL tier list AFC edition. So stick around and we'll be right back. Thanks for checking out the Sports Hour today. We appreciate you wherever you're listening. But if you haven't already, we recommend you check us out and give us a listen on Anchor. Anchor allows us to provide the best product to you. You can go support the Sports Hour and become a permanent part of the show like my saint of a mother, Sammy, and my father, David, did. You can even leave us voice messages with your thoughts and opinions that we can use on the show. Prove to us that you know better than me and Mitchmo. Moral of the story, people, be more like Sammy and David. Go find us at anchor.fm slash the sports hour, guys, and become a part of the conversation. What the hell are you waiting for? Welcome Back in to the sports hour with Bitch Mo and Dallin. Talked a little NBA, talked a little Major League Baseball. Dallin, it's time to talk football, my friend. And last week we did, we started this tier list series where we're going to start making tier lists because it's just fun. And making lists on here is part of what we do because we love lists and ranking things. So... We decided this week's tier list, we did the NFC jerseys, we got to do the AFC. AFC's got to be next. Uh, so we ranked our AFC tier, or we did our own tier list of the AFC jerseys. Um, got to be honest, a little bit different than last week. A little bit different from last week. And I kind of uh, alluded to that in the opening of this show. Um, not as exciting, the jerseys for me. But how interesting or exciting the jerseys are does not play a role in me for how I rank them. Uh, I, I'm curious to know of maybe what your guidelines were for tearing out these AFC jerseys. Yeah. I mean, I'll just say, uh, all I want to say to start is, um, it was slightly different for me. Uh, I was a lot more indifferent on a lot more jerseys in, in the AFC than it was. The NFC had stronger opinions. I liked less jerseys, uh, in the NFC than I did in, in the AFC. Uh, oh. So the bottom tiers are a little lighter this time around uh, than they were for me uh, in the previous go around. So, uh, Mitch, as we did last time, S, A, B, C, D, F tiers, six tiers in total. Uh, and let's start at the top, buddy. 
S tier. What do you got? I got one team. Same here. I got one. Let's see if we're the same. The Buffalo Bills. Oh, okay. Buffalo Bills for Mitch. I had the Los Angeles Chargers. Ah, okay. Lone team in my S tier. But let's talk about the Bills. I'm going to say this first before you talk. I had them in my A tier. So yes. just, just a little spot below there for the Bills. So I'm with you as far as how much we like these jerseys. But tell me, what is it about the Bills jerseys? It is the cleanness of this. And I love, I know we, I think we talked about white helmets last last week and how much we didn't really care for the white helmet. No, look. silver. Oh, sorry, silver. You're right. It was silver. White helmets are great. Silver helmets are a problem. That's right. That's right. The crispness of the red, white, and blue combination of the Buffalo Bills, from the all blues to the all whites, even the blue tops and the whites with the blue socks, even all the way down to their all reds. This team just looks crisp and clean no matter what combination they put on. And I, I can't not I cannot get enough I makes me want to be a Bills fan. Makes me want to have a Bills jersey. I love the combination that the Buffalo Bills have. And I don't think there's an, anything wrong with it. Uh, even to their throwback uh, logo with just the red Buffalo on the side of their helmet. Great logo. Great, Great logo. logo. The simplicity of it. Great throwback. It, it, they're simple. They're crisp. They're clean. They have their little nuances in there with the stripes on the shoulders. Um, but they stay simple. And that's what I appreciate about this jersey. Um, the stripe down the middle of the helmet. It's a fantastic uniform. And you know what? I'm a sucker for Bill's uniforms for a long time because I know that one of your most hated jerseys is one of my most favorite. And that would be the mid-2000s Bills with the dark blue and the red. And I still love those jerseys even. Those and are it, awful. And I think... I just think, I think of J.P. Lozman and, and Willis and, and, or Willis McGahee. I think that's... <laughs> Willis McGahee was there. Yeah. Drew Bledsoe was another quarterback yes. that played with those Ugh. jerseys. But... You know, I think what it comes down to, what ties it all together, is the crispness of the helmet. The helmet is just perfect. Don't screw with the helmet. Even if you adjust the jerseys ever so slightly, um, even if you adjust the font, which the font, to me, the block lettering is perfect. But if even if you adjust the font slightly, the helmet is what ties it all together. Don't touch the helmet. It's perfect the way it is. And they're the best jersey in the AFC for me. Okay, yeah. You know, great logo. Bills have a fantastic logo. As you mentioned, the retro logo is great, but the modern one, big fan of it. It's unique. It stands out. Uh, and and for, a, for a color scheme that's just red, white, and blue, they actually do a really good job of coming up with something that's interesting, that looks really good, uh, but that doesn't try to do too much. Uh, and they just have nailed it really, really well. That is why they are in my A tier, Mitch. And if uh, if I had to rank the AFC jerseys in a numerical order, the Bills would be number two for me. Okay. So that tells you how high I am on the Bills jerseys. Very big fan of this Bills design, Mitch. But for me, the S tier in a tier of its own, the Los Angeles Chargers. And the Chargers have always had... 
uh, always had great jerseys. They they have a great color scheme, and that and that lends to them, uh, you know, many different options. This modern version that they uh, unveiled this past season with the move to SoFi Stadium, the official move into Los Angeles as the Chargers, uh, they are incredible. The yellow, white, baby blue combinations. You could do the all white. You could do the white yellow, you could do the blue, baby blue yellow, baby blue white, and then they have on top of that a royal and a navy blue just just to just to mix it up. Just to add on to how cool the jerseys already are. You could do the all royal or the all navy. The old navy even has a navy uh, lightning bolt with the yellow outline as opposed to the yellow lightning bolt with the blue outline. It is just top notch. And they are simple too. Modern looking font, you know, thunderbolt on the shoulders, and that's it. And that's it. Uh, and that's all it needs. The Chargers uh, did a fantastic job with their rebrand. And uh, these are these are top for me. I, I, I have to say... I alluded to this last week. Seahawks Chargers are the top two for me. I think Seahawks are my favorite jerseys in the NFL. So I think if I had to put them all together, Seattle would be number one. Chargers are number two. Uh, but I'm just a big fan of these. Yeah, I mean, just to put it in perspective of how high I'm on the Chargers as well, they would be my number two if and the Bills are my number one. So we were just flip-flop there as far as, you know, if we were to put them numerically. All right. Um, but you know, yeah, the dark blue for me, the navy blue, is just a game changer. It's it great. Is a, it is a great change of pace for this team. Inverting the thunderbolt uh, colors, stewing it on the white helmet. Right, um, and it's and it's also a throwback too to a version that they wore. Like you see those, and you think of LT, right? Ladanian Tomlinson, Antonio Gay, like that. And, you know that and, that and Ryan era they were wearing. Right, and those Ryan, that sorry. color. Na- yes, Ryan Leaf. Mitch. <laughs> That's what we all think of. But the navy is also a throwback too. So love that they incorporated that as an option too. It, they just. So many options. You you heard this last week. I love options. I love versatility and being able to mix things up, and that's definitely what the Chargers have. The only team that I think could pull off three different shades of blue, I think. Yeah, and it doesn't even look weird. It's like, yep, all those are great. Yep, they, they all no make problems. sense. Okay, yeah. And <laughs> okay. I, I love they kept the baby blue too, by the way. So. Absolutely. That should definitely be the primary, and they did a good job going back to that. So, Mitch – Chargers uh, for me in the S tier, Bills for you in the S tier. Let's move to the A tier. You mentioned you had the Chargers in the A tier. Any other teams pop up in the A tier for you? So I got three. Three in the A tier, okay. No, so I got, well, four total, three other ones. Oh, three more. Oh, wow, okay. So um, I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins in the A tier. Okay. I love the teal color. I love the way that they, I wish they would introduce the oranges a little bit more. Um, I also have the Tennessee Titans in that combination. Uh, I think the, the dark blue rebrand was fantastic. Um, and quite honestly, the Las Vegas Raiders are in my A. They're in my A and it's because it's a classic uniform. It's simple. I know we just talked down on silver helmets, but if there's one team that could pull off a silver helmet, it's the Raiders. And it's because they've always had a silver helmet. It, it's the it's the it's the the iconicness of that brand 
the silver and black. Um, they go back to the whites with the silver letters every now and then. You see the iconicness of this of this uniform. And honestly, if they changed it, I think it would ruin their brand. They need to stay with the silver and black block lettering. Keep it simple. I know some people might find it boring, but to me, it's so iconic, you cannot touch it, and that's what makes it a great jersey. Okay, so uh, good stuff uh, on those. I'm going to be honest, I had none of those teams in that's my A tier. Uh, so, And I, I want to hold off on a couple of these that I had a little bit lower, but I want you to talk about uh, be able to give your two cents here on those besides the Raiders. Uh, so as far as the the Dolphins go, you want to you see more orange, but you but you like the the color scheme right now. Anything more to say on that? Um, I think for me, just and again, nostalgia, right? Like, I think jerseys are so they play so much into nostalgia that you have to like. That that's gonna formulate what how you feel about a certain certain uniform. Like when you and I were younger, younger football fans, we had the all orange alternates for the Miami Dolphins. Thank God. I mean, they need to go and they need to honestly go back to the old the old logo. They need to go back to the old logo full time um, with the dolphin wearing the football helmet. Get rid of this sissy looking dolphin that's just swimming across the helmet through the sun. Go back to the block lettering and the dolphin wearing the football helmet full time because that was the best iteration of that jersey of that logo. Um, I would love to see the the orange alternates come back. That's not part of their scheme right now. Um, I don't mind the lettering change, like uh, the block lettering, and they you know they modernized it a little bit. But the block lettering to me is just so. Um, Again, I'm going to overuse this word throughout this entire segment. Uh, nostalgic. They they have to keep the nostalgia alive in these classic uniforms, these classic teams, and so um, that's where I'm at with the Dolphins. I don't think you can do anything wrong with that kind of that teal green, green blue color uh, with the white and the orange accents. I just wish they would bring back the orange a little bit more sure a little more orange they've only sort of dabbled in the orange couple seasons here or there i know their color rush in 2016 when the nfl unveiled those uh was that all orange but maybe more make them a more permanent uh, alternate i feel that i'm gonna i'm gonna save my thoughts on on both the raiders and the dolphins but i will talk about the titans here with you uh, i had the titans in the b tier mitch uh but i only had two teams in my a tier and i'll get to my a tier team in a second so i still you know top five for the titans for me and you know in part same reason why i like the chargers versatility multiple uses of of different shades of blue uh, obviously uh you know the big change a couple years ago with the rebrand was changing from the white helmet to the dark uh navy helmet uh, they use the sort of lighter baby blue as uh, as a primary. They'll also do the dark blue or the navy blue, uh, all navy blue, mix it with the white. Uh, they'll do the all white, and they sort of can mix and match those. Uh, I like the look on the shoulders, the silver or the gray on the shoulders. Uh, I do actually like that look. Uh, I think it all looks pretty clean, and overall, I think this was a team that uh, did a good job of rebranding, making their uniforms look modern and exciting, uh, but at the same time, not trying to do too much. Uh, so I am a fan of the Titans. Like I said, B tier for me, uh, because I only had a couple teams in the A, uh, but uh, still very high a as you are. 
Yeah, yeah, multiple variations of the blue, the silver, uh, incorporating that. And yeah, you're right. The the big change was going from the white to the to the navy blue helmet. That was the big big change for me. And it was a it was a great it was a great choice because yeah. they look much better uh, as a result. So absolutely, uh, Mitch. The other A tier team. So obviously, I had the Bills in my A tier, uh, and the other team that I had in my A tier was the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, I love the Baltimore Ravens jerseys. I'm a big. I like purple. I'm a fan of purple. And what I love about the Ravens is that they are a team that has just kept it simple. It's purple. It's black. It's white. Black helmet. Logo looks great. Uh, you could go all purple. The all black with the black helmet is one of the best jerseys uh, in the NFL, one of the best combos. It's an intimidating look. Uh, when they mix the purple and the black, it looks great. Uh, they could do the all white. They, it, there's nothing real fancy with it. They have the sort of shield emblem on the, on the shoulders, uh, numbers on the shoulders, modern font, and that's about it. Nothing, nothing much to it, but I like how simple these jerseys are, and I like the uniqueness of the colors. Purple and black, it's the only team in the NFL doing that. It's iconic. It's, it's memorable when you think of it, uh, and some of the combinations they can do are some of the best uh, that we see in this league. So very high on the Ravens, A tier for me. I got to be honest with you. I'm not a fan of the Ravens jerseys. Really? Um, no, not a big, not a big fan. Um, in fact, they're not even in my beer B tier. So, oh, um, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get to that when we we'll get save to save it. Okay. All right. Uh, already we are quite the, uh, we were good one too, but, uh, since that we are quite <laughs> different here. I love it. Uh, okay, Mitch, let's, uh, let's wrap with the A tier and jump, uh, more into the B tier. As I mentioned already, Tennessee Titans are in the B tier for me, uh, the other three teams in my B tier, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the New England Patriots. Okay. Wow, we're, we're, we're way off now. Um, really? You, do you have any of those teams in your B? The Pittsburgh Steelers are. Okay, let's start with the Steelers then, because this seemed like the right spot for me. Steelers, classic, black and yellow, Looks great. The black helmet looks fantastic. The all black look, the modern look with the yellow side accents that they do. Great look. It's not like anything crazy. It's not anything super, super awesome, which is why it doesn't get to the top two tiers, but it is just a solid jersey. Uh, I don't really have much complaints about it, but it's just not one of like my absolute favorites. So that's why it sort of ended in the B range. Yeah, same thing for me. I actually, honestly, of their jersey combinations, I prefer the all black with the yellow lettering. Oh, it looks good. That's looks probably good. my favorite. I think the one big knock for me is put the logo on both sides of the helmet, will you? Oh, like, okay. Yeah. Like, that just kind of bothers me. And it's like, I understand <laughs> they've always done it that way. Like, it's always been that way. But, uh, you know, it's just one of those things I wouldn't mind if they changed. I wouldn't mind if they changed. Um, it's, it's nice to see the logo on both sides of the Jersey and just to have straight black on one side, pretty boring. So, um, put the logo on both sides. Um, and like you said, but you know, a solid, simple, clean Jersey, black and yellow, a great combination. 
um, especially in football. It's kind of an intimidating combination. So, um, you know, no complaints outside of really just put the logo on both sides of the helmet, please. Yeah, and I will say, though, uh, the one thing, and we sort of talked about this last week a bit with some of the the combinations, but the three-tone combo I don't love. Uh, I would prefer I would prefer if they had an option to do the black helmet, you know, that they have white jersey tops, but instead of yellow pants, like an all-white look mm. would be really nice. And they don't do that. They just do uh, yellow pants. They they I don't think they've really ever done an all-white look. It's at least it's been uh, you know. 30 40 years since they have so that to me is the one sort of missing piece if they added that uh i think that would look better than like the yellow pants with the white jerseys but uh other than that i mean there's just not much to complain about solid uh who else did you have in your b tier then okay (laughs) you're gonna probably hate this but that's okay um so in my b tier i had the jacksonville jaguars the Indianapolis Colts, the Denver Broncos, and the Houston Texans. So, wow. Let me just point out, the Texans are borderline C. And I look at, at let's start here because I think this is probably going to be the quickest and most succinct to the point that I can get. I love the logo. I think the logo is fantastic. I think the combination of jerseys are all wrong. I think that they're boring. I think that they're bland. I think that they need to do some some sort of rebranding with whatever combinations of jerseys that, they, that they're doing. I think they need to change the font. Um, they can make so many simple adjustments that would make them solidly a B-tier jersey. They're just barely in. It's only because I see the potential in it, and I love the logo. So that's why they're barely in. I could easily put them a C. But they, they barely get in based off potential and my love for the logo. I think the logo is fantastic. They just need to change other things about that jersey. Wow. Uh, Mitch, uh, I had the Texans in my F tier. Uh, and for the record, I had the Broncos in my F tier. Okay. <laughs> so okay. we're very different on these. This, this, is, this is very fascinating to me. Um, Let's start. Let's. Can we save those two? Let's save those for the. Then? Let's save those for the end then. Okay. Okay. Let's talk. Let's talk about the Jags and the Colts, both of whom ended up in my C tier. So I was just sort of a step lower on those two. Uh, so let's talk about the Colts first. Colts B tier for you. Why? Um. Again, simplicity. Um. I love their all blue look that they do. Um. I, I wish they would. And, it's not three tone, but I wish that they would get rid of the whites and just do the all blues at home. Um, and honestly, I think they could all, they, really what this comes down to is they could go simpler and still be okay for me and still be a top tier because blue and white is just so clean. It's so clean looking that I think that they can get rid of the blue tops, the white pants. And, <laughs> and so they have two jerseys. <laughs> I still, but well, okay, but Mitch, they only have three combos already. But it's there's a combo, all blue, okay. all white, and blue and white. You're like, you need, you could go more simple. One jersey. Well, okay. <laughs> Do you like the Dodgers jerseys? Of course. They go one combo. They go one combination for road and home. Yeah, and they need to do this works. blue jersey that I'm wearing more. No, I think they need to do more. 
Okay, but it works. They don't do it right? enough. But it well, works. Well, sure. And but the Colts are already simple. That's what I'm saying. Is like they only do blue and white. I'm saying simplicity works for me in this situation. Yes. No, I'm with you. They ended up C tier for me because I think they're a clean, classic look. I don't know what I would add or change, but it it's just doesn't stick. Yeah, but it just doesn't stick out. So it's sort of middle of the road. Now, I like the Colts jerseys, for example, more than I do the Jags and more than some of the other C-tier teams that I had. So you could say it's the higher end of the C-tier, maybe borderline B for me, because I do think it's classic, it's it's crisp, nothing to change with the Colts you know, jerseys. The logos look great. The white helmets are fantastic. All of it great, but just ended up in the C-tier for me. So I think we're pretty much... You know, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to think about go. what they could do, and the only thing that would make any sort of sense would be like a black or a silver, but that wouldn't look good. It, it wouldn't, just wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't, it wouldn't make right. sense. It wouldn't look good. So, like, yeah, I'm but with you. the crispness, I think it's so crisp and clean that I couldn't yeah. put it any lower than B. I got you. I mean, I, 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 I understand. I, I get it. Uh, as far as the Jags go, uh, so you're you're a f- big fan of the rebrand. Uh, I mean, they have just gone through so many iterations. Uh, 2018 was the first year of this sort of new uh, look for them. Back to the all black helmets. Uh, you know, reincorporating teal into it. Uh, obviously, when they could do the all black, the teal and black, the white. I think it all looks good. Uh, I just, I don't know. I I feel kind of jaded by the Jags jerseys at this point that I didn't want to put them any higher than C. It's not that I don't like them. It's definitely an improvement. Are you, are you hung up on the gradient helmets? You're hung up on the gradient helmets, aren't you? No, no. Cause they've had like so many bad jerseys. It's not just those specific helmets. It's like all of the above at this point. So like <laughs> I, for me, it's just like, I, I just don't get excited about it. So they didn't like pop to me in my top tiers. They were a C and, and, and C is good. I don't, it's like I said, I don't think it's bad. Uh, it's definitely better than where they've been in the last couple of years. And even before that, uh, so they are moving in the right direction. Uh, I just not as excited about the jerseys uh, perhaps as others. Yeah. And I think I could have put them in the C tier and been okay with that too. Um, I just think that they've made so many good steps forward in the last couple of years, as far as, um, re, you know, changing their look. I think they've made really good strides and not looking tacky with the gradient helmets and the and incorporating so much gold. Like as much as gold is like a pretty color, like gold doesn't look good on a uniform. No. So like, and if it's gonna be gold, it's got to be like that yellow gold that that you know Green Bay and the Oakland A's use. Like it's got to be that mm-hmm. kind of. It's straight up yellow. We call it gold, but it's straight up yellow. Um that kind of shiny uh, gold doesn't really work on a, on a uniform. Um, and honestly, I, I'm not going to lie. I see the teal with the black pants and it brings me back to our pop Warner football days. So, um, cause we played for the Chico Jaguars. And so it, it was it's a, a great color scheme. It's a great it's color scheme. It's black just, and white. And, and I and like the, the, and the bright teals. teal always looks good. Yeah, I think get rid of – I think what we got to do is get rid of the black and teals. I don't like the black and teals that much. You don't like when those mix. Just all when, teal, all black. 
all well, white, you know, white and black. It's... The white and black looks good, you know, when the they do the white jerseys, good. black pants because they have the black helmet. Is, I don't, is a very and I don't, look. I don't mind the black jerseys with the right. teal pants. It's the teal jerseys the with the black pants. Sure. Yeah, I feel that. The only They're reason I better... like them is because I wore that uniform when we were kids. Yeah. That's They're the in a better they... spot than they were for sure. Uh, obviously, that's why they're, uh, I guess, on the higher end uh, of teams here. So, okay, so that was your B tier. Just to just to go through that one more time here. Steelers, Jags, Colts, Broncos, Texans. Uh, and we'll get to the Broncos and Texans here a little bit later as they ended up uh, at the bottom of my list, Mitch. Um, my B tier then. Uh, we talked about the Titans. We talked about the Steelers. The Kansas City Chiefs When the B tier for me. Uh, and I guess this is sort of the same boat as the Colts, um, a jersey that's simple and classic, hasn't really changed, doesn't really ch- really need to change, uh, but just looks really good. And I think that's what the Chiefs jerseys are to me. They just look really good. The red helmet with the logo looks great. The way they use the yellow as an accent uh, around the jersey and the stripes and the in the lettering, uh, but they don't do a yellow jersey. Like they don't make that mistake, like we were talking about with the Jags. They don't try to. I don't think that would look good. They just keep it all red. Uh, they could use an all white. They don't really use the all white. They'll do the white tops or the red pants. They could use more of the like white tops, white bottoms, uh, red helmets. Incorporate that more into it. But I just think it's a crisp clean classic look that doesn't need to go anywhere uh and for me that's why it ended up uh on the higher end in the b tier yeah so i guess the b and c tier you can kind of blend together for me like they're so interchangeable and this is where i had the chiefs um i think that it works it's a classic look um i do love the yellow accent i would love to see an all whites and i think they did an all white if, I, if memory serves they me They have correct. before. I saw uh, it like but, in the like yeah. the Montana to Trent Green era. They, um, they kind of did an all-white look. And it's looked really, really good. Um, I just, I, I like I said, you can kind of blend these two together for me. These two tiers together for me. It was kind of hard to, to separate B and C because, you know, those are eight jerseys that I like for different reasons. Sure. Um, the C, but, you know, the Chiefs. Definitely are deserving of being in in the B tier. I have them in the C. They're a good cut. They're a really good classic look. Yeah, and then my final B tier, the New England Patriots. Uh, I like. I'm a fan of the rebrand. The 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 uh, not rebrand, but the update. Same color scheme. Uh, the navy, the white. Uh, but they got rid of the sort of dated sort of shoulder look, uh, just the stripes on the shoulders now. Uh, I like that they've embraced the all-navy instead of doing the navy tops with the gray pants, which was as was traditional, uh, but they don't do that anymore. They do the all-navy, white tops, navy pants. Uh, my one issue is with the Patriots, and it's an issue we talked about last week, is the silver helmets. I think they could make a move in helmets that would elevate them to the next level. Whether it is embracing the 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 dark blue helmet and doing all dark blue or going to a white helmet and then doing white helmets uh, with those combinations. Do that. Incorporate the classic red uh, jersey look into it, especially if they did the white helmets, white pants, red, you know, red tops. 
be very clean. So I think the Patriots have great colors. I think they've always had pretty good jerseys. So that's why they end up in the B tier, but they could be even better. They could move up to A or even S tier, I think, if they did it right. Uh, but they could probably use for for a bit uh, more adjustment. Okay. I mean, I don't have the Pats there. I have two other teams on my C tier, but um, we'll get... Well, the Pats are in my D. Well, I had... Uh, yeah, so I had them in the B, so you had them in the D then. Yeah. I had them in the D. Okay, so what's uh, YD tier for the Patriots? I don't know what it is. I just... And maybe it's the decades of winning. Maybe it's Tom Brady. Maybe it's the, the homerism of of Boston fans and the Patriots and the, the, the smugness and the snootiness of Patriots... Fans, I just cannot stand the side of those jerseys. Can't do it. Can't do it. I think that they would be great. I think you're right with the silver helmet. They would be great going back to like a white helmet. And I think that they need to bring back Pat Patriot. The helmet, the the Patriot snapping the football. I, they need to bring that logo back more often. Um, I, I can't even put my finger on why I don't like this jersey. Like but I you don't like the update because I get like the old, you know, I you see the old design. You just think of Tom Brady. But last year they go with new looking jerseys. It almost seems like a new era to me. And I do like the difference in those two. Uh, it's better, but it's still I I call me a hater. Call me a Patriots hater. I, I, I really just cannot stand the sight of a Patriots jersey. I just can't. And I have, I have no idea why. I hate those jerseys. It should I should love it based off all the other criteria I've given other jerseys. But I can't I can't I I can't look at it and like it. And I'm standing all firm right. on, I'm yeah. standing firm yo, on that. Yo, listen, it's all good. <laughs> D tier it is. And you know what? You're not super low, right? They're not F D tier. You know, it's fine. And like I said, there are adjustments to be made. More of the red, get away from the silver helmets and they could be even better. Uh, maybe they would even sway Mitch. Who knows? Patriot hater Mitch could be swayed, you know? <laughs> if they went back to Pat Patriot, then maybe they'd go it'd be up. There'd be a win. White helmets, I think, is the move. White yeah. helmets, I think, is the move. Uh, okay, Mitch, so that was it for our B tiers. Let's jump in the C tier. Uh, we've already gone over. You had the Chiefs in your C tier. Uh, who else did you have in the C tier? So this is where I had Baltimore, and then I also had the Cincinnati Bengals in this one. Um, okay, so Ravens. I already talked about the Ravens on my end. What do you have to add about uh, Baltimore's jerseys? It just it just seems like it needs an update. Like I feel like they've used the same jersey since the two since two thousand when they won the Super Bowl. Um, and you know I, I'm not the biggest fan of purple. I'm not. Um, I like blue, and I know this is coming from the colorblind guy. Uh, so it's hard for me to say that I'm not a fan of a color when I don't really know what the hell I'm looking at, but purple, just not a fan of. And, um, I really, I like their blacks. I think the black look is good. Um, I feel like that the purple is just, I don't know, a little bit too much for me, especially when they do like the all purples. Um, I, I, there needs to be just kind of some sort of change to that. And I don't know, I can't put a finger on what exactly that is, but just not a fan of, not the biggest fan of the Ravens. I don't think they're ugly. Just not a fan of it. Yeah, you know, I uh, I get it. And so 
you know, C tier uh, for Baltimore. It, you know, it's fine. I guess, you know, they haven't really done much and maybe there could be more done because it is, uh, I think, cool combos of colors. And I am uh, partial to, to purple. I love purple. Uh, I love uh the purple combo. So I was, I was high on the Vikings, you know, in the NFC, you know, in part for that reason. So, uh, you know, that, I think that's a part where we differ. We both did have though, Mitch, the Bengals, uh, in the C tier. And when we talk about the Bengals, we're talking about the new Jersey design for the Bengals. So the one that they will be unveiling, uh, this season in 2021. So still the orange helmet with the black stripes, uh, they, you know, black tops, with the orange stripes now, they'll do black bottoms with the orange stripes along it. Uh, they, you know, have an all-white look with orange outline, black stripes. They'll do orange, all orange, orange and black, uh, orange and white. So they have some sort of uh, variety to it. They've gotten away from that 2010s look with the shoulder uh, and the sides you know, sort of different colors and then, you know, the main base of the jersey. Uh, so sort of modernized, simplified, but I think a good simplified, right? I mean, uh, they're not the best jerseys. I, You know, I think you could say they have some of the best helmets, depending on how you feel about the helmets. I think they're unique in that sense, and I think that goes does well for them. But black and orange and white is just only so good to me, uh, in my opinion, and so that's why they're C-tier. They're definitely not the worst in the league. Uh, they're somewhere in the middle. No, they're definitely not the worst. In fact, some of my favorite helmets. Um, yeah. I, I think the helmet looks really, really good, um, especially if you saw what the helmets were before the stripes, which was literally a replica of a little backstory. So Paul Brown gets fired from the Browns. He decides he's going to start his brand-new football franchise in Cincinnati and replicate the exact same colors as the Cleveland Browns, right? And he started the Browns. So now he does bangles on literally the Browns helmet. Um, and that's what their helmet was, you know, prior to this rebrand where they started using the stripes. It's way cleaner. It's awesome. It's iconic. It looks great. Um, I like that they got rid of the white paneling on the side. Get rid of the white paneling on the side. Um, make it kind of more of a solid jersey and incorporate the stripes as well. Um, a good, clean upgrade. Still not the best, but not the worst either. Um, and I, I think it's going to be hard to be the best jersey in the NFL with um, that combination and still incorporating the stripes. I think it's going to be hard to be the best-looking uniform, but they can still make some good-looking stuff with that. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, all right, so C-tier Chiefs, Ravens, Bengals, anybody else that we're missing for you? No, that was it. That was the C-tier all right. for me. Uh, my C-tier, we've talked about the Colts, Jaguars, Bengals already. Uh, two names that Mitch had a little bit earlier, both of these teams in his A-tier. Uh, in the C-tier for me, that's the Raiders and the Dolphins. Uh, starting with the Dolphins, I do like... The bright green, it's a solid look. Bright green and white. Uh, you know, the all white with the white helmet. It looks clean. That's a very good look. But they could use just a little more. Orange as a as a permanent alternate, uh, I think, needs to be in there uh, just to add that variance. And I'm with you on the logo. I don't love the logo, and because of that, I just don't, I'm not as excited about the Dolphins jerseys as others, 
which is why they ended up in the C tier for me. It's not a jersey I hate. It's not, I don't think they're bad. They just feel like they could be better. They could do a little bit more. And I maybe I'm uh maybe I'm a little harder on the Dolphins because that teal green and the orange should be so much better. It's a great, great color combination with the white. It could be so much better than it is. And like sort of, I sort of expect that, you know, and I wish they would do that more. So even if they did something like totally weird, like, sure. I think they could get away with it. They could get away. Like, I mean, I don't know. A gradient teal and orange. Gradient teal and orange. Why not? Or an orange with teal lettering, green with or green with orange lettering. Like you can get weird with yeah. it. it. It would be a it would be an upgrade for me, even if it was ugly. Like ugly uniforms still are appealing to me. So like, you know, bump it up, bump it up. Let's go. Do yeah, I just weird. think Miami could do more there. Uh, and the Raiders, as far as the Raiders go, like it's a classic look. Don't get me wrong, I'm with you. I just the silver thing. Silver helmets, it, it's tough for me. And they don't do, they, they force themselves to do the silver helmet, white jersey, silver pants, which I don't think looks good. And that's it. It's that and then black pants or black tops, silver pants, silver helmet. They have no other color of pants. It is silver pants and either a white jersey or a black jersey. And silver and black looks so good that there just needs to be more. There needs to be an all black. You know, silver helmets, in this case, I'm okay with. But do more with it. Do an all black. Do an all white. Hell, do an all silver with some black lettering, some real, you know, you could really pop on the silver there. They've done an all silver in the past. They've done it all well, they need to make it permanent because right now it's just boring and they're missing opportunities to do more, in my opinion. So that's why they end up in the C tier. It, it's a jersey that I think looks good. Uh, I think silver in this case works for them, but they could just they could just do more, and they I think they need to do more. And and you know now that they've moved to Vegas, now that they're in a new place, this is the time to do it. You don't have to be tied to you can mix it up now that you're in Vegas and use it as an excuse to just uh, make a little adjustment here and there. I'm not even asking for anything crazy, but an all black, all white. Uh, don't do the white and silver pants. Uh, you know, graduate from that to the all white, all black, and and incorporate an all silver. And I'd be a huge fan of the Raiders. So C tier for me. Not bad jerseys by any means, but not the best that they could be. Oh. I'm not shifting on the Raiders. I still think they're a top-notch, good-looking jersey. I get it, man. I get um, it. And, I, and as long as far as rebranding goes, I don't think we're going to see that until there's not a Davis in the front office. Very true. Very true. So, I don't expect them to change. I'll tell you As long that. as Mark um, Davis is there, he's going to yeah. live out what Al Davis wanted, and we're not going to see a change. So No doubt. All right, uh, final two tiers here. D-tier, Mitch, you mentioned the Patriots were in the D-tier for you. Any other teams in the D-tier? I got one more. One more team in there, and that's the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Um, Browns. So, look, they did a great job with the black jerseys. Awesome. Brown is just probably the worst color you could pick. For a uniform, it's got to be up there, right? Like, brown has to be up there. Um, I understand it's an iconic 
classic look. It's it's been around forever, but it's just so god awful ugly that I I cannot I I I wish they would use more orange. Use more orange and still call yourself the Browns. You don't have to call yourself the oranges now. Like use more orange and call yourself the Browns because you're not named after the color. You're named after Paul Brown, who started the team, who started the franchise. So stick with the Browns. Just use more orange. That's all you got to do. And I know they got the jersey, the orange jerseys with the white lettering, and that looks pretty good too. But and the blacks are by far my favorite. But when they go, you know, I I don't think they do a black jersey, Mitch. I they have a. Black, I don't think the Browns have an all black. I'm looking at one right I, now. I don't I don't remember an all black jersey of theirs at all. I know they, they do they the a, all brown look. They have the well, maybe it's brown, maybe it's a dark brown that I'm seeing as black, but. Yeah, they do the all dark. Yeah, that's a dark brown. It's Is not it? a black. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look at that. Just correct the color blind, kid. <laughs> You're good, buddy. But I think but that's so. But, that, but that's to, the upgrade. That's the upgrade because the orange right. lettering. And, but like outside of that, man, it, they didn't do much. Even when they when even when they redid everything and you know upgraded their their jerseys, they didn't do much. They added the sweet alternate that's pretty cool, but they didn't do much outside of that. It's still just bleh for me. Browns have the worst jerseys in the entire NFL. They're in the F tier for me, Mitch. Uh, and I've already talked about the need. You know, we talked about this with team names, you know, teams that need to change their name, teams that need to rebrand. And I've already had that conversation on this podcast about what I think the Browns should do. And this is part of it. Their jerseys are awful. Brown and orange is not a good combination. It doesn't look good. It certainly doesn't look good with just orange helmets. That's the whole helmet. Like orange for some reason because they're the Cleveland Browns. And then we're forced to incorporate orange into all of this. Mix it with the brown. There's no variety. There is no all black. Like they could do something cool, but they don't. They have to do an all dark brown. And that's as cool as it gets. The fact that we get excited, Mitch, over orange helmets and all brown just shows how bad their jerseys are. So I I absolutely hate the Browns jerseys. I think they're the worst jerseys in the NFL. I think they're some of the worst jerseys in professional sports. And they are well overdue for a complete rebrand and certainly a jersey redesign. I don't know what path they do other than just start from square one and and redo it. So I'm just so low on the Browns. I have the path. I have the path. Their fan base at the stadium is called the Dog Pound, right? If you want to rebrand them from the Browns, be the Bulldogs and then stick the grumpy Bulldog on the side of your helmet. Cause that's been like an alternate logo for them in the past. Stick the grumpy Bulldog out there and really, cause like the Browns are so much about their fan base, right? It, they're about the history and the fan base. It's not really so much about the football team. It's about the history and the fan base. Honor the fan base by being the Bulldogs, which they have really just the, they've, the fan base has really jumped on it being the dog pound, you know, with the guys wearing the dog masks and eating literal cans of Alpo in the, in the, in the stands, like be the bulldogs, put the grumpy bulldog on the side of the helmet, fix the brand that way. You could even keep the same colors and that would be a huge upgrade for them. Just give I, them, 
Give them a logo. I disagree, man. Give I, them a logo. I, like, and listen, I would love a logo. Like I'm telling you, rebrand, team name, it's awful. But like, it's it's more than just that for me with these jerseys. The color combination is bad, and they need to freshen it up, and they need to do something different. Uh, Bulldogs, I'm, I'm all with that. Uh, but I think they really need to explore uh, what their identity is moving forward, in my opinion. But uh, D-tier, Mitch, Browns, Patriots, Anybody else in your D tier? Nope. All right. The only team I had in the D tier was the New York Jets. And that's my F tier team. So, and Mitch had the net, uh, the Jets in the F tier. Was that that was your lone F tier? Correct. Lone F tier. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about the Jets here, uh, who went through a modern modernization uh, two years ago, starting in 2019. They went from the white. Uh, helmets and the I don't know what you'd call that color of green. They went to a more vibrant. Kelly, it's green. like it's a Kelly green. No, well, the old one wasn't the Kelly green. It wasn't the bright. Well, it was like it was, the yeah, some more subdued. Uh, now it's almost a little brighter, a little more modern. Uh, they've changed the helmets from white with the circle Jets logo uh, to all green helmets with the Jets a lettering, modern looking lettering. Uh, you know, they'll do the all green, all white, mix those colors together. And then they have uh, the one redeeming quality, Mitch. And honestly, the one reason why they didn't end up in my F tier, and that's the black uh, jersey that they do. Uh, green helmet with the black and the green stripes and sort of accents. I really like that look. Uh, I think that is uh, a super good looking jersey. And so it's, as I said, sort of the one redeeming quality uh, in their jerseys and, and a big reason why uh, I kept them uh, out of the F tier and, uh, and, and they stayed up uh, in the D tier for me. But I, I just don't know what you do with the Jets. I don't know what to do because we talked about with this with the Eagles and if they go back to the Kelly Green, then they're looking and if they both do that, then they're matching and you can't do that. You know, so I don't, I think the Jets are in a bad spot. I don't hate these jerseys. If I'm being honest, I don't hate it, but I don't love it either. And it just feels like they're in a weird spot and I just don't know what they do. Yeah. I mean, no room for growth. I mean, there's, there's no way, there's no way to make these better. I mean, the all black is definitely a, an upgrade. I will give them that. Um, but yeah, if we want the Eagles to go back to Kelly green, they can't go back to Kelly green. Right. Um, they had a Jets logo with like an actual jet and then Jets across it. That looked pretty cool. It's a it's a throwback sure. retro jersey, right. retro logo that I think would look really cool to bring back every so often. Um, but yeah, really tough spot. Nowhere really to go. Um, a poor utilization of green in my in my mind. Like just yeah, it's either it, too much or not. A, it's either too much or not enough. And I here, don't I don't like a, it. Here's a thought exercise here, Mitch. I didn't plan on going down this road, but now that we're talking about the Jets, uh, you know, this team originally, originally New York Titans. Right. New York Titans color scheme was a navy blue and like a yellow and a white. Do you think there's a way for them to rebrand and incorporate that color scheme as the new color scheme, get away from the green. And do you think that would be an improvement to dip into that sort of retro look? Would that be better 
than sort of trying to find their niche in the green and white uh, crowd that already exists. Navy blue is so easy, I think, to figure out. I think navy blue you can't go wrong with a whole lot of times. Yellow's tricky. Yellow is really tricky because it can be too much yellow. So, like, if they were able to figure it out, I'm all on board. I am all on board with it. But it's got to be done right. It's got to be done right. Um, I'm all on board with it. I mean, you know, the only reason they changed the name to Jets is that they're located to next to, like, LaGuardia Airport. So, sure. Um, and I like the name Jets. And I, and Jets I like the name fine, Jets. Jets know. is cool. But but I think I, I'm just throwing – I didn't I haven't really thought about this much, but – it could be intriguing for them as a rebrand. Uh, you know, I'd love to have the, see them do those throwbacks and see how the reception is. I think you'd have to go more navy, blue, and white, and then yellow as, as the tertiary accent. Yeah. accent, you know, that you sort of work in more. But, you know, main colors, blue blue helmet, you know, uh, you know, blue jerseys, obviously white jerseys, then, and then maybe go from and there. And navy so. blue helmet, navy blue jersey, navy blue pants, white lettering, and yellow accent. It would look very good. It could look good. Really good. So, uh, you know, Jets are like one of those weird teams. Uh, I'm right there with you, hence why uh, we both had them so low. So, uh, Mitch, F tier, only Jets for you. Uh, the F tier for me, we already talked about the Cleveland Browns. I've got two other teams here. Let's start. Uh, with the Texans. Okay. Yeah, we got to talk about these Houston two. Texans, Mitch. Uh, and you had the Texans in your B tier. You called them borderline B, so borderline C tier, kind of, right? Um, the thing with the Texans, Mitch, and I'm with you. Great logo. Nothing wrong with the logo. Nothing wrong with the color scheme in general. They just haven't done anything to it since the expansion like 20 years ago. And it's sort of the same issue that I had with the Panthers last week where they basically haven't done anything since their expansion in 96. They haven't touched the jerseys at all. And you look at the Texans, it's, you know, the all blue, blue and white. They sometimes mix the red in, but not that much. They could use much more red. They could use more solid colors, you know, really actually utilize blue, the blue helmet and the all white. You know, doing all red. Uh, maybe red and blue should be the primaries instead of blue and white. I just think they have a color scheme that's so similar to everybody else's with the dark blue and this red and white. Uh, they just don't stand out. In the midst of all those other teams that have those similar colors, they don't stand out. Uh, and they have to do something to stand out, and they just don't do it right now. So that is why they're so low for me. It's not like they have horrible-looking jerseys, but they could do more, and they should do more, and they haven't even tried to do anything because they haven't changed anything in 20 years. So I feel like you and I are on the same page. You're just being harsher on them. Pr- probably, yeah. Because yeah, I, yeah, I, I said, I said I almost the same thing. Them- for not like trying because they haven't changed yeah, anything. Yeah, because I, I kind of said the same thing about them where it's like there's so much potential for it. And we both like the logo. There's so many things that they can do. It's just that they haven't done anything. They need to do I mean, I don't know if you need to change the primary. Would you change the primary from, from navy no. blue to red? No, no, I wouldn't either because red's not a good primary color. And the it's helmets not, look good. So the helmets you can are stick awesome. with the blue on the helmets. That's fine. But you need to do more red, and you just need to do more. You just need to do more. Sure. That's the problem with the Absolutely. Texans. Absolutely. I 100% uh, agree. And then my final one, Mitch, here, and this is uh, this might be a strong take. Uh, 
but I think the Broncos are in a bad spot. Okay. Broncos, Broncos are right. an F tier for me. And uh, I know you had them pretty high. You had them in the B tier. Yeah. Uh, and I get it. You know, the orange looks great. When they, when they dip into the throwback of the orange, it looks good. But at this point, Mitch, those jerseys look outdated. They're 25 years old. The look on the sides when they switched in the 90s with Elway. That's what it looks like, and they haven't really changed that. They've sort of thrown did the little throwbacks here and there, well, you know, with the all orange look. But other than that, it's it's just that old dated 90s look. And they are a team that needs to, in the next year or so, think about uh, re, you know, uh, updating these jerseys and and bringing a more fresh, modern look. Get rid of the sharp, you know, sort of point on the sides that that sort of iconic look there, uh, and go to a more solid color. Use the all solid orange. Use an all solid uh, blue and all solid white. I think the helmets look great. The logo's good. Uh, you know, they're in a good spot. The colors that they have to work with are are good. I like the dark blue, but they're just dated. They're just dated and they need to be updated. And that is why they fall so low for me. So I have an interesting take on the Broncos here. And it's because, and I put them in the B tier because for similar reasons to the Texans, they're not that far away from being a really kick-ass jersey. And I'll tell you why. For a lot of the same reasons that you just said, get rid of the sharp pointed edges with the with the you know tertiary you know, the secondary color that you have on that uniform. Just go to solid. Change that lettering to block. Go block lettering. And I want the logo changed back. Let's keep the helmet the same color with the same stripe. Just change the logo back to the block D. With the horse, with the with the bronco and the and the you know the snort coming out, right? Change the it way back they to sort of do that. They have that sort of throwback helmet when they do the all orange. I make think that, that the, the their best look. move. I think that their best move is not to move forward, but to move backward, because I that kinda was I'm kind of with you. That was their best look. Keep the same color scheme. Like obviously, when right. they had when they had the lighter blue stuff, like it looks that, great. It looks great, but that's a great throwback. Keep exactly. the same color scheme, but throw the logo back and throw the lettering on the jersey back, and I think you're going to be just fine. Get And get rid of the little blue panels, the little blue sharp edges right. that you got coming right. up. Get rid of that. Go with the solid oranges at home. Go with the whites on the road, and that's a classy-looking That's a classy looking jersey. Yeah. I will say here, I think the Broncos would do themselves some favors if they uh, practice a little plagiarism here and stole from the playbook of their division uh, rivals, the Chargers. With the way that the Chargers incorporated multiple colors of blue in their alternate jerseys that still work, there's a place in your modern update of your jerseys for the light blue retro look. As a, <clears throat> as a, as a look, the way the Chargers have that royal, all royal, and that all navy, but that's not the primary. Primary still the dark blue. Do the all dark blue look with the blue helmets. Do the all white. Do the orange. Have another look where you do the lighter blue helmet. And maybe you do an all all blue, all light blue, royal blue. Maybe you do the orange tops, blue pants, blue helmets. And you mix those into the mix the way the Chargers have. Because I don't think those conflict. 
I don't think they the the dark blue and the old retro blue conflict in the way the Chargers you know, incorporated all of that into their modern scheme so well, I think the Broncos would do well to take a page out of their book and do the same thing with their jerseys. And if they did that, Mitch, they would jump from F tier to a solid B tier for me. E- easy. Like, yeah, easy. very, I mean, major but small changes. Like, falling back rather than moving forward, I think is what Denver yeah. needs. Their, their best jerseys that they ever had were in the past. So, like, right. go back to those. And I don't think the rebrand in the 90s was bad. They, they looked good for the time, but it's just time for a change. They just, at this point, and, and they look dated. And in the same way that we talked about some of the teams last year uh, in the last week that, that uh, fell at the end of the, uh, of the spectrum, the way that I felt about, like, my Panthers teams. The Panthers jerseys are very similar. The way that the shoulder comes down, uh, they're from the same era, and both those now just look dated when you look at modern jerseys like the Chargers, the Seahawks, the even the Bills, uh, the... the uh, I'm taking a pause because I lost my train of thought. And it's just easier to take a pause and tell Mitchell to stop it than to like try to keep going over it. So give me just a sec. Uh, Dallin, awkward pause. What was the uh, team I had in my mind? Okay. The Rams and just fit in more. They're just, they're too old now. It's time for an upgrade and reincorporate that blue. And uh, I think you're all set. I mean, look so. at the Rams. They fell back. And in a time where Daisy Dukes and Mullets are kind of back in, Retro's kind of in right now. Let's yeah, fall back they, to the Retro jersey, dude. Exactly. Let's and do it. And many teams have done that and done it well. And the Broncos, with, with such great, uh, you know, classic Retro jerseys, uh, they should take advantage of that. So, uh, Mitch... That's it for the uh, for the tier list this week in the AFC, and we've now ranked uh, both the AFC and the NFC NFL jersey combos uh, and the looks uh, in the league. This has been uh, a ton of fun the last couple weeks to go through. Uh, we both have very strong opinions on some of these looks, and uh, this week, much like last week, a lot of difference for us. Uh, you know, we each had teams, you know, three or four tiers different on, on a lot of our picks, uh, which was, which caused, uh, for some pretty good discussion today. So this was good. This was great. That was great. It's fantastic. Not the last tier list we'll be doing as well. So, you know, no more to come as we, uh, explore other topics and ideas. And if you have any ideas for future tier lists or things that you would like to see us rank, uh, let us know by leaving us a voice message on anchor at anchor.fm slash the sports hour guys. Uh, you can send us a message as well and follow our socials uh, to do that. Twitter at uh, the at Sports Hour Guys. Instagram is at the Sports Hour Guys. The TikTok is at the Sports Hour Guys, uh, and you'll want to be watching both the instant TikTok for all of those uh, uh, the content we've been putting out there as of late. So. It's good stuff, Mitch. Uh, anything else we got to say to the people before we wrap up here? Yeah, you can go listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you go on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and review. Tell us we suck. That is the only way that we can get better. Right, buddy? It is the only way that we could get better. So, guys, we appreciate you listening. Episode 100 coming up soon. We'll have a fun little... Uh, plan for that as we uh, are just a few weeks away from that you're listening to episode 97 now so creeping up on 100 pretty fun 
Oh, so, yeah. So, uh, uh, look forward to that. Appreciate you guys for listening, and we will catch you next week. See ya.